We're deeply silly people, everyone. This is going to be a real silly one. I'm excited, though. I <laughs> Me said too. To, I, I, everyone, I said, Jen, no pre, we can't talk before we, we have to record right away. We can't yes. miss a single second <laughs> of what we have to say because I have no idea what's going to come out of our mouths. <laughs> no, I no, have, it's like, going to be wild. some notes yes. and that's it. And this is a deep cut. This is going to be a deep cut. Like it's yeah. sort of, this is, if you don't really know a whole lot about romance <laughs> or like if you come to us every week for like a list of books, you definitely should read. This might not be an episode That's for okay. you. You're going to have a good time though. So do you want to explain, Sarah? This is your great idea. Welcome everyone to Faded Mates. I'm Sarah McLean. I read romance novels and I write them and I think a lot about them. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Prokop, a romance reader and editor, and same. All the and time. I, All I the think time. a lot, Jen, about how my view of the world is very <laughs> colored by romance novels. Right? Like, there are a lot of things that happen in the world, and I think, well, that's definitely going to go this one way, because I have seen <laughs> this happen in romance novels sure. many times. And then I'm always, like, slightly surprised, even on my, you know, fourth decade around the sun, <laughs> that, like, it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> like, sometimes <sighs> things happen that are completely real and, like, very reasonable and, one might say, grounded in science. <laughs> and I think, that's surely not how it really goes. Because Jude Devereaux taught me different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so true. Oh. So, like, some of this is obviously, like, for example, like, if you are a twin, you're definitely both going to, like, get married within the span of one year because that's how books work. Uh, Every single friendship group will be entirely single until one person at a time. (laughs) They will just off the cliff of, like, these are just, this is just fact. Romance fact. And so it's like when you meet twins in the world and one of them is all right. Like, for example, those those Travis Kelsey, those Kelsey boys. Can we do they're not twins? I was like, are they twins? But they are both. They are brother football players, which feels I mean, that's romance twins. That's real life. That's basically the same. That is real. Like, yeah, that's romance shit. And here's the thing that that one Kelsey is dating a very big pop star. Right. And that other one, I was like, well, who's he going to date? And then I was like, wait, he's already married. I missed that book. Okay. And then I was mad about it. (laughs) Okay. I really like that book because I think I sent this to you and Kate. Everybody, you'll look down right now and you'll see this. So last week, I told my husband today, I was like, I know a lot of people have been watching football because of Taylor Swift. I am now committed to watching today's, because it's early on Sunday, today's uh, Kansas City game. Sure. Chiefs. For... Jason Kelsey in the hope that he will just be as wild as he was last week. Just take off his shirt and scream. But the best, best part about it yeah. was there's one, somebody caught this photo of his like wife in the background, like laughing her ass off. Yeah. And she was, and I guess she appears on their podcast occasionally and she seems like a delightful she person. She really does. Like I want that book, but like we missed it. We missed it's it. We didn't print. get that book. Ugh. <laughs> terrible and now i'm disappointed because that couple dances by all the time now sure right and i can't find it so (laughs) this is my point is like i really believe that the entire world should just be like a romance novel sure operate on romance principles entirely 
And so today we're going to talk about how science, romance, science. like what romance science is. <laughs> um, you know, we've done the like STEM heroin thing, and like, no, we're not talking about that kind of science. Really big in romance novels these days. Like everybody's getting a PhD in some kind of you know ology. <laughs> but but my PhD is in romance history, <laughs> and so and um, yeah, our PhD is in romance science, <laughs> and so here you are, everyone. A lecture. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, sorry. but instead of you coming to like twelve courses over the course of a semester, we're gonna just pack it all in because we trust you. You're all brilliant, and you can take in all the information at once. But all of this, we should just preface it with like, this is all science. It's all accurate. And, um, you know, move forward in the world this way. Call the SAT, people. <laughs> We're here to, to craft questions. Are you going to start with an example? I think so. Everybody, I'm not sure there's going to be a whole lot of books necessarily. Yeah, it's just going to be well, like, except thing. For the, I mean, should we just go? Do we go down the list or should we like mix and match? Because I think I feel like we have a list. We have a list. I think other things are going to appear in my brain, though. I trust my romance brain. I'm going to start with <laughs> I think we should I think we should do a little bit of grouping. I'm going to start with like the senses. I feel like we oh, should start with the senses. The sense. I like it. Like, okay. <laughs> So we're going to start with, and this is, I th- I feel like this falls under both like the senses as science. I don't know what that science is. Neurology, I think. Mm-hmm. And then please don't email, don't message us if we get it wrong. <laughs> it's <laughs> we, yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, but this is also sort of botany a little bit. Okay. And this is because it is clear that all heroes in romance novels have attended some kind of botany seminar. <laughs> yes. And the reason why I know that is because every hero knows the scent of every flower. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> and that is just, just romance science. I mean, I remember once, I've, I've, I'll dig up some old threads. There was one where, um, I think it was an old Rebecca Zanetti, and it was like that one where... Um, like, literally, it's like a pandemic or something, and there's, you know, a band of survivors left. And he thinks that she smells like calla lilies. Despite and, being trapped in the wilderness? And I was like, okay, I have so many questions right now. So number one is, I thought calla lilies famously don't actually have a smell. So, like, right there, I was a little confused. And then, like, number two, I was like, are there, who is growing hothouse flowers <laughs> in... <laughs> Your, the, your ravaged society that you're living in, right? I mean, so many questions. So exactly. many questions. Exactly. Yeah. And so this is, this has, so what we're, so it is definitely hothouse flowers. It's also like he can identify, they're all like chefs in some way. Like they can all identify like exactly the like, the, and listen, I am the responsible. Bouquet. The bouquet. Like she smells like thyme and like fresh lemon, right? Um. I and I think that if I were to say to my husband who like what does what does this smell like he would be like I don't understand the question. Oh completely. Completely. And I think <laughs> that that is disappointing to me in a lot of ways because it just I grew up believing all men knew like just instinctively <laughs> my scent that I smelled like you know Yes. Calvin Klein. <laughs> but not. It's never a perfume. Oh, no. 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 It's, it's always something like 
okay, like, you know how right now there's, like, a lot of YA books that are, like, you know, the house of blank and blank, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. When a hero identifies the scent of their love interest in romance, it is always, like, something natural outside plus a feeling that they don't normally have. Yes. Right? Plus an adjective that indicates brightness. Oh, like sunlight and fresh almonds. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> <laughs> well, because right? wit, notoriously, <laughs> like, Hattie to wit, this is my, in my book, Brazen and the Beast, Hattie smells like like the almond cakes that he stole from like a pastry shop when he was sure. starving as a child. So it's always like but also sunlight. Lightning <laughs> and blood oranges. <laughs> right? Like something like that. Yeah. So, and then I think the corollary of this for like what is the class that heroines mm. attend? is like some kind of geology. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> right? Because sure. it's like he spell he smells like fresh firewood and earth, right? Yes. Or right. like warm <laughs> autumn leaves. <laughs> right? Exactly. It's something earthy, right? Yeah. Right. And so um yeah, this is my first, this is romance science. Every single human in the world has like a sense of smell dialed up to 11 and an, a like encyclopedic, an encyclopedic knowledge of, <laughs> of yes. the world's smells. And also no one smells bad unless no. they're a villain. I mean, if they smell bad, then they're. Right. Like, no one's, like, No one's, you know, like, coming in from a pickup game on Saturday no. smelling and bad. In fact, they're coming in from a pickup game on Saturday smelling like the greatest they've ever smelled. And that's romance science. I mean, even, like, okay, if you are, like, a, I, if you're a sporty person at all, apparently the worst smelling smell in sports is the inside of someone's hockey bag. I don't know why. And I know. Sarah I mean, just made a foot. In yeah. my head, that sounds even, terrible. Even in hockey books, these dudes' hockey bags don't spell. So, you know. So there are a couple of Twitter accounts that we yeah. will find. There's the Mail Scent Catalog, and that is obviously about what men really funny. smell like in romance yeah. novels. Um, but there are others, too, that we will dig up and put in. Uh, hopefully, if they still exist on Twitter, we will put them in show notes. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. So we're on the senses. Oh, I like this one. I'm sorry. I'm on the Twitter. I'm sorry. I'm on the Twitter account. I'm just going to read. It. So here's the thing, right? So in Witchful Thinking, which is by Celestine Martin, the line is, he kissed her forehead and held her tight. Lucy nestled into him, capturing his scent, the brine and salt of the endless ocean. Boom. I mean, I want Perfect. it. I want it. Was- it. Amazing. Our first book recommendation. Our first book. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right. So we've talked about this one before. Another really funny romance sense is uh, he can sense pregnancy. <gasps> oh, this is a it. big theme. There, yes. Pregnancy is a big science. I mean, this is, I mean, obviously. Sure. 
Right. So this is the gynecolo- obstetrics and gynecology <laughs> section of the podcast. <laughs> right. So in uh, what you love this, Elizabeth Lowell. Oh, I do. Elizabeth Lowell's warrior. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nevada, I think, is the word you're looking, the name you're looking for. Sure. You just smell it on her. Yeah. Her name is Eden because, of course, it is. Sure. And um, he, of course, he can't love everyone. <laughs> unable unable to love um he's just the world is cruel and punishing and what and he just can't he just yeah. he doesn't have the capacity for love <laughs> and uh until he finds eden and eden is like yes the world is cruel and punishing but that's why love is so essential to everything and he's so broken by the feelings this makes him feel that he leaves her sure. <sighs> and then <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it is established in a prior book that Nevada has the skill of scenting pregnancy, though, because right. in, in a prior book, his brother, I think Tennessee, um, accidentally there is an accidental pregnancy in that book. And Tennessee is being a big ding dong. And Nevada, like, walks into the house and is like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't leave her, bro. Tennessee, you ding dong. She's obviously <laughs> pregnant. I can smell it upon her. Um, so that's a great way of like really tying up a loose end there in that book. And then yeah. Elizabeth Lowell just without even thought just brings it right through. Yes. <laughs> and um, then when he comes, he when Eden and Nevada are like inevitably returned to each other for reasons, romance reasons, sure. which is different than romance science. Uh, he takes one. He gets like within like six feet of her. And and he's just like, oh, I could smell. It's just (laughs) smacked in the face with she's pregnant. What a world. And she doesn't know. And it's like a whole thing. I mean, I think that's like also I I will be personally very interested to see like the evolution of some of these tropes now that Roe v. Wade is gone. Because I feel like I have a lot of really complicated feelings of pregnancy now. But I mean, I think there's ways in which like, you know, you, if anyone vomits in a romance novel, they're definitely knocked off. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, there is no such thing as nausea in a romance novel. <laughs> no. Um, it's always, if there is vomit, it's always morning sickness. Yes. Right? Inevitably. Um, and it's well, inevitably going to go, I feel sick to my stomach. I must have eaten bad fish. <laughs> and then, like, a friend is like, honey. Yeah. Honey. You're with child. <laughs> Like, that's it. There's no – and it's not even, like, let's get a pregnancy test. It's just, like, boom. All right. I right. I, I must be. Yes. Let me furiously, <laughs> like, note that. That's no. science. <laughs> now, here's the other thing, though. This is going to bring us, like, directly into uh, the intestinal tract portion of the <laughs> of the episode. Look, we're just so good. This is, we're flowing. Whoosh. The reason why vomit um, always equates pregnancy and romance is because, like, Food disappears once it goes into your body in romance novels. Like, there's no... There's no... No one... No, there's no... You don't evacuate that. (laughs) Nobody nobody pees. Nobody poops. There's no no bathroom usage whatsoever. And I can already hear people, like, click-clacking on the Instagram going, like, actually, in so-and-so's book, there's bathroom. Listen, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing. I know nothing about any of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's even interesting, like, how infrequently even menstruation is in romance, 
right? Like someone having cramps or something. Well, like, you only get your period in romance novels once it is possible. Like once you're married, basically. <laughs> like sure, once there's like a baby that must occur. Or once you're like, it's either you're married <laughs> and a baby's on the line. Like you must like waking up with the Duke style. Right. Like, have you had your monthly courses kind of medieval <laughs> thing? Yeah. Also always called courses. Yes. <laughs> I would love that if in like contemporaries, they still just brought that through. <laughs> your monthly courses. <laughs> um, <sighs> or the other part of it is, or like, if you are like accidentally, if there is a secret baby situation. Sure. Sure. Of course. And then for the first, you have been banging it out for like six straight months and never had your period but like <laughs> but now all this, of a sudden it's now nothing. it's like yeah. oh i didn't yeah. get it <laughs> listen it's great um if you are looking by the way pause if you are looking for a book that really does like a lot of period discussion and like sexy time with the period lauren rose the club series mm. is the one of the only books i've ever seen where like the period is like a whole business other people do cramps and things yeah kate claiborne has one but that one is like sexy period i read a dark romance where there was sexy period i didn't personally find it sexy no but but i mean (laughs) some people do find period sexy and like that's cool and i'm i'm not here to bother i'm not here to judge that i am here to say uh that doesn't happen in romance though Even in Lauren Rose, the club exists, but I don't know anything about it. (laughs) This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by 1001 Dark Nights, publishers of Just One Summer by Carly Phillips, the last novella in the Dirty Dare series. So this sounds like an absolute delight. Uh, it's set in the Hamptons during the summer. And Perfect. Gabriella, I know, right? Hot, sexy, wealthy people, lots of sexy townies. Um, Gabriella Davenport is a gorgeous 22-year-old with a trust fund. And uh, she has run off to vacation in the Hamptons for the summer because her family is sort of chasing her to – uh, marry someone she doesn't like, let alone love. Um, he's a good match because of his matching trust fund, I think. I would imagine. Yeah. So uh, in her sort of last summer of uh, in hiding, she stumbles upon Maddox James, who made his fortune on Wall Street a while back, but has returned to his hometown and his working class roots by managing a bar um, in the Hamptons, uh, along with managing his own healthy distrust of wealthy women. Um, and certainly he has no time for Gabriella, a kind of ingenue who's mm. 10 years his junior. And probably um, 10 times his bank account, right? Exactly. Exactly. So uh, listen, this one's for anybody who loves a grumpy sunshine story. All the age gap lovers out there, because we know you are all there. We saw you all listen to the age gap episode. Um, Virgin heroines, good girls and bad boys, opposites attracting. Uh, This one has it all. Carly Phillips knows how to do the job. And um, I'm sure this one is terrific. So you can find Just One Summer wherever ebooks are sold. It is also available in print. Thank you to 1001 Dark Nights for sponsoring this week's episode. 
All right. So any, okay. I was like, see, okay. We are on like the senses, right? We took like a bright, a brief pregnancy detour because of how we sense pregnancy or whatever. But you know Mm -hmm. what else I was thinking about? Like the senses and look, chemistry exists in real life. Like, but like one of the things I think is also really interesting is in a lot of romances, there is a real like, uh, belief in like the minute you touch someone's hand you're gonna know Ooh, like yes. your electri- hand is electricity a, yes. is produced by yeah it's like a divining rod yes <laughs> <laughs> your hand is a divining rod and you just touch go around touching people yeah. and you will know who, which one's for you yeah by thomas edison and nicholas tesla have <laughs> nothing to do with electricity consolidated edison nothing to do with with tech with electricity all electricity is produced by hot people touching yes Right. We are powered. The world is powered by that. Yeah. Now, and here's the other thing. Like, I know that the eyes are the window to the soul, but I would like you to know that personally, I have been disappointed in my whole life that I could not just look into someone's eyes and know exactly what they were thinking. Um, Yeah. Also, yes. Agreed. I I failed that class. Like that romance science class, I failed. All heroes, all like heroes whose eyes darken with lust. Oh, of course. Like, Obviously, all eyes just go black with lust. <laughs> That's how it happens. Like a shade rolls down. <laughs> um, well, this gets us into like bodies, like yes. the way bodies. Now work. this, ooh, yeah, I have thoughts because like eyes darken. Sure. Jaws. Listen, like muscles and jaws just are twitching all the time. Like almost like a little bit of Morse code. Like, boop, boop, yeah. boop, boop. like here's yeah. how I'm feeling right now. I totally want you. I'm totally pissed at you. Whatever it is. Like, yeah. right? Yeah. Again, I just feel like in real life, that's I've been disappointed at how I've never been able to like read no. someone's whole mood by their jaw. Anytime your your Mr. Reed's romance is angry with you, his jaw doesn't flex just constantly. No. It's upsetting. I know. <laughs> I know. And I also am unable to, like, read the exact reason he's mad at me in his eyes. It's like, really? Come on. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about birthmarks. Oh, my God. This is one of my favorite romance science things. (laughs) So so listen. This is super old school, this one. We don't need – DNA is made up. (laughs) Um, This is just, like, it's a hoax. (laughs) And the reason why it is a hoax is because – Obviously, if you are related to somebody, you have the same birthmark in the same place <laughs> yes. on your body. And that's been true for generations, I mean, Sarah. F- yeah. Every single Montgomery. <laughs> back to Jude Devereaux. Listen, is it possible Jude Devereaux imprinted on all of us? Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Every single Montgomery since the dawn of time yeah. has had like this exact birthmark on their left lower butt cheek. <laughs> and that is how it is and so when you have to prove paternity all you have to do is there's no like blood test no. does he or does does the child have the butt cheek birthmark or not or not that's it my favorite use of this mm-hmm. is in the it's a secondary throwaway bit in uh oh my god the purple one about the Valentine's Day massacre in Chicago. Sweet. I Hang on. Know. Please hold everyone. <laughs> it's Devereaux, of course. Sweet liar. 
which I've talked about on the podcast before. It's a contemporary, but it has like a time travel piece to it. Um, but there's a throwaway line that the monk. Oh, this is also romance science. The Montgomerys are so virile. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That like vasectomies do not take no. for them. Of course like, not. You can't even like there's they are so virile. There's just no there's no scientific way to make them like unable to impregnate a person. (laughs) And this is all science. And so uh, there is a story, a sort of legend among the Montgomery's that. Well, no, it's not a legend. Uh, His cut the hero, Michael's cousin, got a vasectomy and then his wife became pregnant (laughs) and he was sure that she had had an affair but then she, he was born, the baby was born, and it had the Montgomery. <laughs> of course. The Montgomery birthmark. And so, always right with the world. What part of the genetic coding is that? That's like, don't forget that birthmark, bam, right there. Listen, I will say, I wrote a book once, and I was like, and there was a big question. My editor had a big question about, like, how would this per- It was uh, no good Duke goes unpunished. And like in that in the context of that book, the hero the heroine like is thought to have been murdered. And in fact, she fakes her own death and like runs away right. and then she returns. And my my editor was like, there are no DNA tests like in back then in right. Victorian London. How will everyone know that this is actually her, that she's not like faking like a fake? Yeah. And um and I was like, well, obviously it's because she has hereditary <laughs> heterochromia, which is eye color situation. Yes. And like for her life, like uh, everybody in her family has had like two different color eyes. That is romance science. <laughs> I don't know what else. I don't know what else to tell you. Like that's just well, I mean, but like we see this all the time, and that's not even old school. Like it, the the whole. In the Ravenel series, which is like the most recent Claypus series, yeah. there is um, like a distant cousin, Ethan Ransom, of the Ravenels. Mm-hmm. And the way everybody knows it is that he has the exact same eyes as the Ravenels, yes. right? Like, of course. And of course. The best thing about this, like, we joke, but like, the best thing about this is that in Rome, like, for romance readers, like, that's enough. Like that's now <laughs> that's, that's all sorted. That's all yeah. you need to know. <laughs> this is just how it works in romance. Like in this little world, everybody yeah. has the same eye color. <laughs> everybody I mean, has the birthmark on their left butt cheek. <laughs> yes. And that and that it, it's that noticeable, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that noticeable. Well, there's also within the context of romance, there is also this is I want to go back to twins for a moment. Um because this is also romance science, though it's not on the list, which is no one can tell twins apart unless Except, they are in love. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. There's no difference you know. for the, in any way no. unless you love them. <laughs> and you only have to love one of them. <laughs> then you can just tell. And also, right. if you love them in a parental way, that's not enough. It has to be like... <laughs> Love, we love. are in love. Like, it has romantic love. Love, love. love, love. Romantic love. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's really funny. Um, let's talk about eye color. And then they look nothing alike, by the way. Like, you can't, you're basically like, who is How this troll you- standing <laughs> next to my the person my, I love? The person I love, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Eye color is really interesting because if you, like Sarah and I grew up in the 80s, which was like the era of the violet-eyed heroine. Right. 
Um, Which I everybody even... seems to think came from Elizabeth Taylor. I mean, Elizabeth oh, Taylor. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Had, sure. Like, those, kind of like, famously blue, blue, so blue, beautiful. Like, yeah. almost violet eyes. I remember reading a category romance that I really loved back in the day where the non like, now this is really interesting. She falls in love with somebody, but she is like, there's like a kind of a love triangle kind of thing. There's someone else who's interested in her. And that guy has periwinkle eyes. Periwinkle. Oh, oh and that's very specific. I know. And I, oh, but and she doesn't choose him. Well, and he's I, the villain because oh, pale, it's that pale thing. Yeah, it's and it was really interesting because, like, looking back, I definitely think that that author was, like, playing around with that, like, trope, right? Like, you know, and I mean, even now we see people now, it's like we moved, everyone has gray eyes. No one ever has brown eyes in romance, which, you know, as a brown-eyed person. I've written a lot of brown-eyed pe- yeah, heroines because yeah, right. I justice for brown-eyed ladies. <laughs> yeah. But um, brown eyes are the rarest color in romance. Oh, in romance. And that's For science. sure. <laughs> Or racism, hard to tell. No, <laughs> right, right. Well, um, like science, <laughs> <laughs> a different. Yeah. Um, so that part's really interesting because, like, I grew up like violet eyes were like just a thing, but I feel like now the like unusual eye color is gray. Right, you have gray eyes or steel gray eyes or whatever. Right now, if you write I, uh, you know, if you write a violet eyed heroine, you're doing it in like yeah, a, it's a, like a, a nod, wink. right, like. I've written I, a violet-eyed heroine, but I did it obviously because I was like, it's yeah. I want to acknowledge I want to homage to Right. I recently feel like I read a book with a violet-eyed hero, and I cannot remember what it, it what it was though. Um violet eyes go hand in hand with red hair though, as the most common. Sure, everyone has red hair and violet eyes. Yeah. Red I mean every heroine has red hair. Um and also that hair, importantly, is defies gravity. Oh, yes. Hair is lighter than air. Like, it, <laughs> <laughs> like everyone in romance just has, God, great, the great hair, like long, thick, lush. Like, at some point I read this thing that was like, every time you were looking at a celebrity, right? And you're like, her hair looks great. She's wearing at it's least extensions. triple yes. her hair in extensions. Yes, right. Yes. And I feel like it's romance science that like, it, no. When it's your turn to fall in love, your hair also Just has that thickens quality. Like it's like you've been taking like <laughs> p- like pregnancy pills. Yeah, for, sure. Hair what do they call prenatal vitamins? Oh, that's that's just in the water. <laughs> yes, your hair looks great. All your the hair time. just looks excellent all the time. Um, it's definitely red, even if it's brown. It has red tint. Oh yeah, of course. Um, there's red in it, and uh, that's just how it is. You know, one of the things that I find really interesting, and I think I've said this, is right now in our society, like in America especially, I don't know how it is everywhere else, like people are doing such fun things with hair dye, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, like you can literally have your hair be any color right now. And I can only think of a handful, less than five book covers where we actually see women with like purple hair. Right? Yes. And I just think that's really interesting because I feel like in one of the things that often like really dates a romance for me is like the description of clothing. Yep. Right? So I'll be reading it and I'll be like, oh, palazzo pants. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Right? But if you're looking for one of those, Jennifer Ryan's surrendering to hunt. Yeah. Has a heroine with purple hair on it. 
And it's great. And I really, I bought that book because of it. I was like, this is great. Like, this is how women look now, right? And so it was really interesting to me that one of the things that's funny is you legitimately, and it's like, it's funny, it's, I don't know how to say what I think is going on with it. Maybe it's like romance science, but like publishing science. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is there afraid that like this is going to date books or whatever? But I find it really fascinating that I am not reading about more characters with like awesome, like my hair is green because I dyed it this week or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Anyway. Um, While we're on bodies, I want to talk about strength. Oh, yes, please. Um, Because... Also, this is romance science. Um, well, there are a few things I want to talk about. I want to talk about like, like body, like body strength, uh, and also muscles, which is yes. um, nobody ever works out, but everybody has. Oh, completely like, ripped! Yeah, it totally ripped. Washboard twelve packs. Yes, um, and that's just from like being a duke and riding horses now and then. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's just part of it. It's just. <laughs> And so, which we can see is in fact science. Like when you look at real life dukes, they're, they all look yeah. like that, right? Um, and then uh, the other thing is, is like there is no such thing, like basically hinges and locks on doors are, like doors are super flimsy. Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, certainly in McLean science, like no yeah. door can hold a hero who well, needs to get through it. That's why, like, one of my favorite books I've talked about a million times is Lead by Kylie Scott. Because, like, at one point he, like, breaks through the door and then she tries to do it later and, like, (laughs) completely fucks up her ankle. And I was like, thank you. I do not actually think it's that easy to go busting through a door. (laughs) Nope. It's totally fine. Superhuman strength. Nobody's ever lifted a single weight. But Yeah. No. Well, I mean, this is why it's like really funny because there's that really famous article that everybody kind of like, you know, like spins up every once in a while that about action heroes and everyone is beautiful and no one is horny. Right. Mm-hmm. Modern action superhero films fetishize the body even as they desexualize it. Yeah. I'm like, that's not really romance. Everyone is beautiful and everyone is horny. Fine. Exactly. Exactly. As it should be. I'm for it. <laughs> and look. <laughs> This I actually think is the best thing about romance. Even if you're not, even if you don't feel like you're beautiful, your person is going to feel like you're beautiful, and I like exactly. that part a lot. That's how it is in real life, and I do think that that is real life science and romance science together. Yes, pheromones are real. All right, what else do we have? Um, I think the body stuff is actually really interesting. I think that there's ways in <laughs> you which you put like, a the- note in here that just says "jaws" all caps, which I assume is not. No, it's the like, shark. It's the know, muscle. Your, your muscle, your ticking jaw. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Like you keep a, it's like a clock, it's ticking. Mm-hmm. Um I think the other thing that's just like really interesting about like bodies is that I don't know how I maybe we're just maybe this is more like the sexy times category. Mm. Okay. Well, let's because, go. Let's do it. Okay. Cause I feel like the biggest romance science thing that actually sometimes bugs me is like that like every woman can have an orgasm from only P and V sex, mm-hmm. which the, the actual like statistics of that are of women who can do that teeny tiny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think that there's a lot of ways in which like, and we've talked about this, like romance sex is actually like symbolic rather than mm-hmm. literal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, like, that's one of them, right? Because, like, you had the instant chemistry. You touched each other. The divining rod of your touch told you that this was the one. Mm-hmm. Right? And then 
you know, foreplay. What's that? Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, right? So if you if you want if you are looking so now it feels like all the recommendations that we're gonna make are like recommendations of books that like don't do it that way, which right. is, I think is very useful, right? Like if you're looking for uh characters who who like are much more sort of authentic authentically drawn when it comes yeah. to sex. Um Victoria Dahl does this in most of her books. Like her her mm-hmm. heroines are like they are they're like an orgasm is a is more of a challenge for some of her heroines um there i i already talked about lauren rose the club period sex but also like the whole premise of the first book in that series is that she has never had an orgasm with a partner and like oh it can't like and it is not like the moment he touches her she can it is like a long haul of like them working together to do that, um, That's which great. I think is really, really helpful. And they they do get yeah. there, which, you know, is to your point, like sex is not quite so literal in romance novels. Like, um, and then um, Kat Geraldo, who wrote Wild Pitch who, that I just talked about a couple of yeah, you really like that one. weeks ago, which I really loved, like explores a lot of like this kind of how to do orgasm without PNV between like p between mask male and female characters yeah. yeah um i think one of the things too about that like the whole like you're going to have the best sex of your life with this person mm-hmm. is a really interesting like holdover from an earlier time when you were going to have the best sex of your life because this was the only person right Mm -hmm. so it was gonna be great um because like sometimes i actually really struggle like you had the you know you loved your you know you were married before and you loved that person and you had great sex and but then it's like oh i never had a you know an orgasm with them and i'm like wait what (laughs) exactly you know i mean so sometimes that's like one of the there's some romance science that i wish would like disappear right like i think it's okay when you have like sexually active characters that they've had great sex in the past too. I don't know. Crazy me. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. But I think that that is. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm looking at our list. Sorry. <laughs> no one ever pees is what you're looking at. No one ever pees. Well, I mean, I feel like, listen, every like women in the world pee after sex. It's like really. Yeah, please. This is a PSA. You should definitely yes. pee after sex. Right. Because otherwise it's like. Uh, yeah. Uh, you don't want to get a UTI, UTI up in there. But no, that never happens. They just get washed off. <laughs> Je- with a gen. Everybody here. This is not romance sense. Sex and uh, romance science. This is romance like storage like home storage every hero has access to like a clean washcloth oh yeah like at their bedside (laughs) (laughs) sure that's the way it works everyone has been recently tested and has it available on their phone which i hope is that is romance science yes yeah but should be real life science also i mean as we said from the beginning all of this should be real science (laughs) some things more than others though for sure yeah, or like I mean, this is the other thing. Like I think this and this to me is like a big difference in like kind of now versus like when I first started reading romance. So, like the word "wet" get used 
gets used a lot now when it used to be like damp. Mm. <laughs> but also like right to describe how much like her desire. But I think the other thing that is like really interesting to me is like back in the day, like you could just like the first time you had sex, like you just could have sex once that night. It was fine. You did not actually have to have sex seven times in one uh, night. No, but Ooh. can I also say that back in the day, <laughs> yeah. romance, uh, sex didn't hurt for virgins. Like, oh, there was yeah. no pain at all for, yeah. and like, and that most, that's not like, well, that's not entirely gone. And yeah, you know, right. But it, you know, normalize, normalize virginity being yeah. at least uncomfortable, y'all. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff is really funny to me because it's just so like, like, I don't know the pressure. Like part of me is like, <laughs> like, a, I don't know. Seven times in one night is a lot. Everybody. It's a lot. <laughs> you have plenty of lube. <laughs> oh, and lube. Romance yeah. science. No one needs lube ever or toys. Now, thankfully, that's shifting. We're seeing a lot more lube in in books and toys. You should read Alexis Daria's uh, You Have Me at Ola if you want some great toy books. This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Pippa Grant, author of The Bride's Runaway Billionaire, which sounds exactly like a Harlequin Presents title, and I'm for it. Okay, so it... Is giving big time romance energy. We have yes. Emma Monroe, who essentially is in Fiji. She was supposed to be there for her honeymoon, but a wedding disaster almost had her married to the wrong man. No. But she's like, I'm going on this honeymoon by myself. I've left this deadbeat behind. Yes. And when she's there, one morning she wakes up and she finds hungover and asleep on her bungalow porch. <gasps> Jonas Rutherford, who is her number one celebrity crush. Yes. Right? Yes. He is a movie star. He is heir to some entertainment conglomerate. He's a billionaire. And he is hiding out because his news, some big news went public. So the two of them are just going to like hang out and be friendly and be scantily clad in Fiji. And then they have a one night stand. Like they get it on. And the next morning she wakes up and he is gone. Sarah. (gasps) Scoundrel. Yes, so she was a runaway bride. He is this runaway after the affair. And she's like, fine, I don't care. Until three years later at her brother's wedding when all of a sudden he shows up and finds out that the (gasps) adorable three-year-old ring bearer Sarah is their secret baby. Yes! (laughs) Listen. Listen, I don't have any notes on this. You can get The Bride's Runaway Billionaire in print, audio, or ebook with your monthly subscription to Kindle Unlimited. And in compatible podcast apps, you can tap on the chapter title right now to buy the book immediately. Amazing. Thanks to Pippa Grant for this incredible ride <laughs> and for sponsoring this week's episode. Okay, can we talk about something new that has arrived? And I saw, I had been noticing this and then someone said it on Twitter and I was like, it's not just me, which is like the rise of um, spitting. Have you been seeing this? I have been noticing this, yes. And it's curious to me. I guess the bar is all, like you, I, I, I feel something. like. something, we're moving in the direction of lube. I guess, but it's interesting to me too, like the way, 
I feel like there's things like somebody does it once and then there are other people like, oh, okay, cool. That's what we're doing now. And then everybody does it. Well, I think it's also like or you just read like, it in someone else's book and you're like, that's kind of hot. It's kind of hot. And then you're right? like, I'm going to put that in mine. Right. Yeah. And now all of a sudden everybody's spitting on your cunt. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Sure. <sighs> all right. Yeah. So I think um, that's you another talk thing. About the full moon? Oh, sure. Of course. I mean, obviously. It's, that, I mean, paranormal science, you could do a whole, that's like a, that's, that's the next like a whole course. separate, yeah, right. I mean. Because that's scenting pregnancies is in there sure. too. Scenting sure. your mate. Yes. But yeah, I mean, obviously you've got to bang it out on the night of the full moon. And if you don't, I don't know. Bad, I bad you shit can't even, happens. <laughs> you can't even really resist the power of that thing. Like the moon, it just just. It's got you in its clutches. Um, it's interesting, too, because uh, one of the things I find really interesting about that is I think as a general rule, most people are not really that attuned to the moon. That's something they really pay attention to. Right. So why have we decided? You think it's just a symbol for menstruation? I'm always like, is that what it is? Um, I think it's partially that. I also think, like, the moon thing is pretty paranormal related. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, although to be fair, if there are mo- if there are scenes outside at night, often it's a full moon. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that is both science and also just like really helpful so you can see each other. Yes. Oh, I have another one. Everyone has excellent vision because oh, yeah. like in dark spaces, they can <laughs> see, they can identify eye color. Sure. They can notice that. Jaw. A blush, you blushing. Yeah, blushing like, right? in the dark. They can notice that jaw twitching. Um, you know, yes, they can see, they can identify you from uh, like across a dark room. Yes. Oh, Agreed. you know what else? Energy shifts. Of course, like, when somebody walks into the room and you just instantly Whoosh. know. Yeah, I can feel it. I can feel it coming. Yeah, like your back is turned to the to the door, but like, and nothing changes, but like. Everything oh. changes. <laughs> like there's like a, it's yeah, like a, it, a wind. <laughs> but it's not a smelly wind. <laughs> no, it smells it's like an energy wind and wet rain or something. <laughs> it's an energy wind. Oh my God, it's so like amazing. nuclear winter. <laughs> I mean, that's the part that like the sensing part, because then sometimes you're like, wait, if you can sense him coming into the room. Right That's or distracting. like distracting. Imagine having a person in your life who every time they walked God. into the room, you were like, "Jesus, <laughs> I'm trying to do something here. I'm washing the dishes. What is with the energy?" And often boom? in like old school historicals, in if you're in the hero's point of view, she walks in the room and he's instantly hard, like very instantly. inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like we're in a store. <laughs> You know, it's funny because I was reading a manuscript this week. I was doing an editing job and and the sex scene was really great because they were having a lot of fun. Yeah. Like they were just like kind of joking and being silly. And I was like, I love that. But like sex and romance is usually like. Not super fun. No, it's serious. You know, it's like. Yeah. We're bringing our bodies and souls into alignment. As you said, it's not real sex. It's like. Yeah. It's like symbolic emotional like we're falling more in love yeah. like this is so intense we're like melding our minds and now our meanwhile souls. 
if you are about to kiss for the first time, oh, a doorbell must ring. <laughs> A you delivery. Summon, you must summon arrive. people to your yes. to your space. Yes, <laughs> right. You become just... it's it's magnetism. <laughs> the pheromones, but they worked on the wrong guy. Exactly. And then the UPS man's at your door. Right. Okay. I have yeah. another one. The Everyone's eyesight, as I established, is yeah. perfect in every way. Right. You can see. <laughs> you can identify at a hundred yards across a dark space the person that you're looking for. However. If that person is wearing a mask. No, then you don't know them at all. So you can't <laughs> they tell them. are invisible to you. And they, it's usually just like a half yeah, mask. Yeah, you've never right? seen. Doesn't matter. The jaw, the muscle twitching in the jaw, it's not identifiable in that way. They could hold a post-it up, up in front of their face and we would not be able to no, tell who they are. No, we have no Any, idea who that anything is. Anything over their face is just game no. over. A low-brimmed hat? No. No. Nothing I can't find <laughs> in there. <laughs> Perfect. Amazing. Um, that's got it so true. That's when, oh yeah, our senses really fail us if anybody's wearing You know, it's a disappointment. It feels like it's a failure in the system. But I mean, a glorious one, let's be honest. I remember, okay, I'm going to tell you, like, do you ever have have things in your brain where you're like, I have no idea where these came from, right? So at some point in my childhood, there was like a stamp that was like a, like a mail on the mail, like a clark kent or superman stamp or something oh yeah right do you remember this i don't i mean i don't know where you're going to say but i okay. i mean i i'm no, familiar with clark kent just, and superman okay and you know who that is interact <laughs> and i remember like some comics geek being like well that's like a really bad idea because it was like i think it must have been 1988 like or the 80s like what if it gets canceled and the eight somehow lands exactly on his eyes so it looks like glasses oh and then someone would know that Superman is Clark Kent. <gasps> all of a sudden, his glasses would be on. And I was like, what the fuck are we talking about right now? But it <laughs> has li- because that's yeah. essentially romance science, yeah. right? Like, nobody's going to recognize you with your glasses on or off. Those no. are different people. Okay, but this is, so this is, we're just going to stick with Christopher Reeve right now for a moment. Fair. Okay, like, long before Henry Cavill, my sweet babies, there was Christopher Reeve. And that is Jen. Jen and I, that is our... He is our Superman. Yeah. There is a scene that gets reposted now and again on Twitter from one of the Superman movies. I wish I could remember which one off the top of my head. And he's about to tell Lois. He's Clark. And he's about to tell Lois, like, what's happening? And Lois is like, she comes into the living room and she's like, I got to, oh, I got to go back. And I I forgot my bag. And she turns around and she walks back to the bedroom. And you can see him. He's like, he's going to do it. So he takes off his glasses. And Christopher Reeve becomes like his body it's amazing unreal how awesome this is and he becomes superman and then she turns around and she comes back in and she's like looking through her bag and then he loses his like guts and he puts on his glasses and like returns to clark kent i'm gonna find it we're gonna post it in show notes it's so great and also it's like proof in a lot of ways that like we see what we want to see, which For is sure. romance, right? Like, we see what we want to see. Yeah. If you are a comics reader, there's a comic called All-Star Superman by Grant, somebody, that has like that physicality where, like, super, when the character Superman, they're, like, but when they're 
And I'm like, it's drawing. It's honestly amazing. Um, okay, I want to talk about romance money in the last couple of minutes. Oh, because romance money. What a good idea. Economics. Because, yes, there is definitely a lot of romance science in romance economics. Uh-huh. So number one is no matter what your company is, especially now, it, what no matter what your company is, somehow it can be a billion-dollar business. Mm-hmm. Like I read one about like – Billion-dollar bakery. Yeah, I was like, he's like a brewery, you know what I mean, in Wisconsin. And I was like, look, I'm sure this could be a very Mm -hmm. nice business, but I do not think it is a billion dollar business. No, like Eric, no one knows what a billion is in romance. Eric, because he edits his podcast now, (laughs) his his, like Instagram feed is a problem for him. Like it's very chaotic over there, right? Like for me, it's not chaotic at all. I'm just all romance novel content. But for Eric, it's like... It's like, what happened to music and technology and also sometimes romance novels? And one came past his, one came down the thread for him the other day and it was called Billionaire Lumberjack. Sure. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> and I was like, there's a lot of money in timber. <laughs> he was like, no. <laughs> no, I mean, and that, like, I will say the, I mean, and we, and you, everybody always knows this, like, Money it is, is magnitudes. Like there is no so many billionaires. Oh my god! And it's just like no, you're not a billionaire, fucking lumberjack. Come the fuck on. <laughs> also, also, listen. You don't have to be either. Just FYI, you could just have like yeah, some exactly. like some millions would be fine. Sure, God, like underachiever and romance underachiever. <laughs> romance poverty is. <laughs> Being a multi one million dollars, one million dollars. <laughs> um, I would also say that listen, women of the world, if you happen to fall in with a billionaire, mm. and this person wants to pay your bills, you should let him. <laughs> you are not proving anything about your worth or your beliefs, like. That man is no good. Just let him pay your bills and move on. That's fine. That's what I have to say about yeah. that. <laughs> um, I really, if you're looking for a book where this happens and it happens super great, you're looking yeah. for Heather Goyer's preferential treatment in which not only does she allow him to pay her bills, she also doms him into divesting his wealth. Amazing. A plus. No notes. <laughs> a plus. Um, so yeah, that all like romance money is crazy. Like it just never makes any sense. You know, everyone has health insurance. Everyone has. Yeah. You know, I mean. And that's because happily ever after requires us to have health care and safety and security and enough money to not worry about where we're going to get our next meal. Yeah. I mean, like part of me sometimes I'm like, babysitters are so fucking expensive and like. These single mom, like, oh, well, oh. I mean, but that's okay because children and pets magically appear and reappear in romance. Right. They're like, <laughs> they're not just- actually real people. They just are, they, you just turn them on and off like with a switch. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's romance science. That is romance no science. No animal or child has ever interrupted sex. No, no. <laughs> ever in romance. You could leave your dog also, you, there's all day and always a sitter available. Oh, apparently. yeah. And you can afford it, right? They're not like yeah. $25 an hour or whatever. Correct. This is all real. <sighs> and if you don't, if that is not true, mm-hmm. then magically the person you are with is going to have like a limo that you can fuck in. 
Also, I want to talk about how romance science does incorporate like some uh, like certainly romance has sorted out uh, the the vastness of space and time because <laughs> sure. because you can one. get from like oh far deep into Brooklyn to God, yes. you know upstate New York in you know under an hour. Of course, <laughs> you can get to you can get from London to Scotland in. 45 minutes. <laughs> Traffic basically does not exist in romance. No. I mean, if you are going for a booty call from like, no. you know, the loop in Chicago to Lake Forest, like that's totally doable. It's fine. That's a reasonable thing exactly. to do. Exactly. Yeah. No, that part for sure is crazy. And it's funny because when I edit, sometimes I <laughs> like, okay, I don't think, I don't think Joanna Shoup would be mad at me for saying this. I'm going to, I'll text her afterwards. But she writes this Mila Finelli, right? And there's this one book where they were leaving the the one with the assassin and the son. Um, they were leaving Scotland and like going to Spain, but they were on like a boat. And I literally was like, that feels far. And I was like, kind of like doing some research, like trying to like, they have these like nautical, like here mm-hmm. I am on the internet, like, okay, it's this many yeah. miles. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that this would take like, okay, first of all, 48 hours. And second of all, like thousands of gallons of gas, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like I'm like drawing little maps. Oh and I was my like, God. <laughs> Every time somebody tells me they have to change horses, I'm like, shut up. Sure. <laughs> These are magic horses. <laughs> I mean. Someone like only very recently was I like, wait, how do they always have horses somewhere? Right? They change horses. I mean, there yes. is a, there is a science yeah, to it. There are, basically, yes. it's rental rental yeah. horses. Sure, but the point is, it's a lot of work. So. And, and I was like, Joanna, they like I don't actually think that this is a viable means of getting from Scotland to Spain. You can put them on a plane. It's fine. Like, it's they're fine. wealthy. They could. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but Jen, romance science <laughs> just elides all of that. And that's okay. I When I was writing Bombshell, I was like, Caleb goes back and forth to Boston from London. Sure. Like at the time, it was like six times a year. And my editor was like, <laughs> the crossing is like two and a half months. And I was like, whatever. He's there for like two days. It's an overnight. <laughs> And she was like, no, no, listen, that see, that's me. And I think everybody yeah. knows this. My so mom now he goes three yeah. times a year. It's fine. That's better. Sure. <laughs> that makes sense. My mom, um, when I was a kid, worked for United Airlines. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like very attuned to. So sometimes like uh, there's a book where uh, I gave Lauren a really hard time about this. And she was like, Jen, I just have to. And I was like, that's fine. I, I told you it's fine. No one will care but me. Yeah, the hero is going from London to Los Angeles. And they, their layover where they have their one night stand is in Seattle. And I was like, no, it isn't. That doesn't even make any fucking sense. You, why would you do that? <laughs> that that's not even possible. Like, <laughs> if you have a layover from London to LA, maybe it's in Dallas or maybe it's in New York. It's not in Seattle. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, Lauren, I was like, that doesn't even make sense. And she was like, no one cares but you. And I was like, okay, that's that. true. No one cares but you. <sighs> that's true. There's also a tool now on Google Maps. Also, Lauren is a scientist. She it's knows true. about she knows. romance science. She knows about romance science. She's like, that doesn't matter. She like, has a true. PhD also in romance science. It's true. And in regular science. 
<laughs> There's a map now on Google uh, Maps, everybody, where you can like say where they are and then there's like a driving distance map mm. and it'll like essentially draw like a circle. Like what can you get to in six hours? So I'm constantly Ooh, that's like useful. No kidding. Everybody you're writing. You should fucking use that's this. So useful. And I was like, wait, they're there. It's an hour later. <laughs> you know I mean? like, yeah. They spent all day on the road and now they've arrived in Spokane. And I was like, that's 45 minutes from where they were. So anyway, <laughs> there are tools to help you, everybody. So yeah, romance science when it comes to road trips and layovers and it you doesn't know, time is time has no meaning. No. Distance doesn't exist. No. No. Absolutely. And that's because love <laughs> conquers all. It's including Newtonian Newtonian and, physics yes. and <laughs> the speed of and all things speed. Yes. Sure. Absolutely. Love travels faster than the speed of light. <laughs> That's Einstein said that. Sure. Airlines make layovers <laughs> only in sexy t- places. Right? Only yeah. in sexy towns. Only in sexy towns. Oh, well, there's always like an available room in a hotel. This is like, this is different. This is not romance science, but this is like, <laughs> you know, there are other things. There's a, a shocking lack of beds. Like all bed makers have packed sure. it in. <laughs> Yes, there's only yeah, very many very hotels, few. very un- unavailable. Yeah, so you know, I think it's also funny too the way in like romance science is sometimes like modern technology does not exist when we don't need it to. So like anytime now someone's like standing in a line at the airport, I'm like, no one does that anymore. You're on your mm. phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? So whatever, it's fine. Your phones only work. In the way you need them to work. I mean, I stand in line at the airport. Like, if you got bumped off of a flight, you'd stand in line at, like, the United oh, to get a Only if it was, like, the middle of the night and I had to, you know, get a hotel with only – and there would be only one bed. Only one room, only one bed. And obviously, the most handsome hockey player – Yeah, of course. Who's but also if- a billionaire lumberjack. <laughs> His hockey bag does not stink. No, oh no, his hockey bag smells like no, like oregano like. and <laughs> lime. Yes. And a, a candle from Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, and Fine. fresh linen. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Sarah. God, romance is the best. What is it? It that I was just gonna say. Romance is unmatched. Romance is unmatched. So speaking of romance being unmatched. Oh wait, also Here's romance science and real science because our friend Joanna Shoup has confirmed it. Uh, there is room in carriages for penetrative sex. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, there's just like all carriages are kind of clown carriages. Like there's all sure. all vehicles are kind of clown oh, yes. vehicles. Yes, yes, absolutely. Anything you need to happen inside any small space can happen. It oh, just like expands and to the wait, dimensions you need. Yeah. We're not done because also <laughs> romance science require indicates that it doesn't matter how much danger you're in, you are ready for banging. Yeah, a place will reveal itself. A place will reveal itself and your body, like it's sure. fight, flight, or fuck <laughs> in romance. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, romance science when it comes to vehicles, like if you were going to have a have it like if you were going to have sex with Jack Reacher, like you could do it in a Fiat. 
It would just expand on the inside Absolutely. to be whatever size that man needs. Again, be fine. the vastness of space and time is sorted <laughs> in romance. And anytime, and here's the trick though, anytime anybody is reading along and then they find something and they're like, scientifically, that's like not possible, you know, you're wrong. <laughs> Listen, you're wrong. <laughs> that's true. Um, Sarah, my friend, uh, before we wrap up here, I have a question for you. Yes. Like literally, I'm not sure if this is going to go on the podcast or not. Next episode is Saturday. Yes. And it's Derek Craven Day. That's right. And we're very excited. We have a fun episode for you all uh, to celebrate. And so happy Derek Craven Day to all of you who celebrate. We hope you're like, I don't know, getting ready to steal spectacles (laughs) and like eat some sort of extravagant food as Derek Craven would wish. You know what? If you see me, I'm going to be handing out lens wipes, which is my favorite thing to do. Everybody knows I love a lens Lens wipes. wipes? (laughs) Have I talked about my love for lens wipes? Okay, wait. I have not done this. this is amazing. Um, in the makerspace in my school, right? Yeah. The makerspace guy whose name is Mike, who's great. Why don't you explain what a makerspace is to people who don't know about it? Oh, okay. Well, kids don't really make things anymore, right? They don't no make shop. things. There's no shop. There's no, they don't like know how to use machines. Like I have a manual pencil sharpener in my room and like kids are like, how do you do this again? Right? Like everything's mechanical. So there's been a big rise in schools lately of like maker spaces, which is like, so kids can do stuff in there, make stuff, right? So our makerspace has like sewing machines and 3D printers and, you know, tools or whatever, right? So anyway, um, in the makerspace, there's like cameras. I mean, like all like all sorts of stuff. Anyway, Mike had like these like an individually wrapped lens wipe. <laughs> I was like, what's this? And he's like, do you like wipe your glasses with it? And I was like, okay, like I'm obsessed with these things. They're amazing. And I just feel like... You're, you think your glasses are clean. No, they are not. No, they're not. So I am a big fan of the lens wipe. Kelly and I recently put together a care package for someone. And I was like, I'm going to put some lens wipes in there. And she was like, are you serious? And I was like, yes, they are that great. Anyway, that's what I'm going to do in honor of Derek Craven Day. You're just going to go out on the street? Clean your glasses, everybody. I'll be like, here, it's Derek Craven Day. I'll put a little sticker on them. Um, also, here's another thing. If you are in northern Illinois... On this also this coming Saturday, which is February 3rd. I guess our episode must be coming out Sunday. Sunday, February 4th. Yeah. Yes. On Saturday, February 3rd, I will be at the a library in Romeoville, Illinois, which is like kind of a western suburb of Chicago, talking about romance. Kelly's going to be there. Some of my other friends. I have like a little slideshow talking about kind of like what's new and hot in romance. And usually it's a lot of fun. Um, so I will put details in show notes. I think it's at one o'clock, but I don't really quite remember. It's in the afternoon and it's at the uh, Lockport branch of the White Oak Library System. So cool. Fun. Um, also, I know we have a lot of librarians and booksellers who listen to the episode to the podcast. If you have like a Galentine's Day event happening, yeah, uh, you should tell us about it and we'll post about it on Instagram. Um, and so you can follow us on Instagram at Fatemates Pod um, or on Twitter at Fatemates uh, or uh, on Threads or Blue, Sk- Blue Sky. 
I don't know what we're on anymore. Also, you can find us at fadedmates.net. Show notes are always there. Things are always there that are exciting. Don't forget that you can always click on the uh, chapter title uh, when you're looking at when you're listening to our ads and be taken directly to purchase the books. And if you just really love listening to banter like this, uh, <laughs> you can join our Patreon where you get a full episode of banter once a month and also access to our Discord where other Firebirds who really love having bantery conversations like this talk every day, all day, all day long, long about romance novels and how unmatched they are. Thanks, everybody. We will see you Sunday for Derek Craven Day. <laughs> <laughs>